probably heard me reference this before, uh, maybe not, but, but probably, and, and I'm no poet, so I don't know many poems, but, but I do like this one. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's, it's by T.S. Eliot. It's called The Journey of the Magi. As its title implies, it's a poem um, that recounts the Magi's journey from their eastern palaces to the humble birthplace of the child whose star they had seen rising in the west. The speaker of the poem, one of the Magi, reflects on the long route, the cold days, the unfriendly towns. He notes with regret, longing for the old ways and the comforts of a previous life. And he acknowledges the small ringing voice of doubt in his ears that somehow this, this journey, this child they're seeking, somehow it's all folly. And yet they soldier on, and they arrive in Bethlehem, and they meet this young king, and they present him with gifts before they head out on their way. The poem concludes with a reflection from the traveler many years after the event, and it ends like this. Were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our palaces, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. This birth was a hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. It might seem a strange thing to reflect on death on a baptism Sunday after Christmas, right? There's so much life to be celebrated, new life in Christ, new life that we celebrated two weeks ago, a baby born in a manger. Who wants to talk about death? And yet there's something profound about the reflection. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. When the church celebrates Epiphany, And today is the Epiphany, and we're entering into the season of Epiphany. It is celebrating the revelation of Jesus to the world. This baby is not just a Jewish Messiah. He's not just a Hebrew king. This child whose birth we celebrated two weeks ago is is the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. So when these magi journey to Jesus... In all their wealth and regalia, when they worship this humble child and lay their expensive gifts at his feet, in many ways they are dying. They are dying to their old ways and their old kingdoms to worship and follow this new king. But Epiphany is not just a death for those who would presumably follow Jesus. This birth is the beginning of death for those who would actually not follow Jesus as well. 
Look at Herod, right? This is the beginning of Herod's death. When he hears about this newborn king, Herod recognizes that his reign is threatened. He tries to get the Magi to deliver the location of Jesus to him. And when he's thwarted, he has all of the male children under two in that region murdered. A massacre of the highest order. These are the actions of a man who is fighting for his life. A man who is fighting for his way of life. This birth was hard and bigger agony for us. Like death, our death. You see, epiphany is indeed about birth and death. It's the birth of a new king and the death of the ways of this world. And it's the death of our kingdoms and empires. And it's the death to ourselves, of our self-made empires and our self-made fiefdoms. Because epiphany is an aha moment. Eureka, we got it, we see it. Christ revealed to the world as the King and Lord over all people and all things. Consequently, the baptisms that we will celebrate this morning carry this same dynamic. If the Lordship of Jesus gives us new life, then it only makes sense that there must be some sort of death to our old lives. Just as the birth, the new life of Jesus, precipitated a death to the old lives of the Magi and Herod, so too does our new birth in baptism, our new birth into the life of Christ, precipitate in us a death to our old lives and our old selves. Great reformer Martin Luther puts it this way in his small catechism. Baptism indicates that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and all evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Do you see that in the water of baptism? It symbolizes new life and washing and purification, but it also symbolizes death and drowning. Think about full immersion baptism. It's the drowning of the old Adam in our lives and the rising of the new. A death to the old way and the rising to the new life. The old man or woman in all of us is drowned so that a new man or woman may emerge. New life can only come about when the old life is put to death. Now, clearly, this new life is a journey. Luther indicates as much in his quote, we must emerge from the waters of baptism. How often? Daily. Maybe for some of you it's hourly. But we must emerge time and time again. These children being baptized here this morning, they are only beginning their journey with Christ. And yet, by God's grace, this baptism will serve as a tangible reminder both of death and new life. And it's our prayer that they too would rise daily in the new life of Christ. And may it be so with us as well. Even as our journey seems long and perilous and perhaps even full of folly, 
Even as we regret the loss of our old lives, much like the Magi in Eliot's poem, may we look ahead to new life. But the question for many of us is this. Will we actually continue on this journey? It seems to me that our inclination is not to willingly give up our old way of life. That doesn't come easily, at least for most, most of us. We fight instead for these old ways. We hold on to sin. We cling to our earthly empires. We don't want to let these things go. We don't want them to die. We don't want the old self to die. And so instead, when faced with this death, we hold on to it more tightly. We grip it more strongly. We refuse to let it go. But the truth is, the tighter we hold on to these things, the longer we refuse to let them die, the less likely we are to know the fullness of life that's found in their death. And so this is my prayer for us this morning, that, that this story of Christ's epiphany, that the reminder of our own baptisms, that the witness of these new baptisms would point us to the one death that is the source of all life. Because, right, even at Jesus' birth, even at these most holy, glorious moments that we celebrate, Christmas, now Epiphany, even at these early days of Jesus' life, death is on the horizon, is it not? Just as the Magi presented Jesus with myrrh at his birth, Roman soldiers presented him with myrrh at his death. And Joseph of Arimathea covered him with myrrh at his burial. The birth of Jesus is a hard and bitter agony, like death, our death. And yet out of this death comes life, resurrection. And in Jesus' death, those of us who find ourselves in him, we find our own death the death of our empires, the death of our kingdoms. And we rejoice because in this death is new life. We have an epiphany, an aha moment. And we rejoice that in this child, God has come to bring new life to us and to this world. Let us pray.